If you'd like to better understand which financial KPIs make the most sense for your organization, join us in the KPIs Every Financial Controller and FPNA Should Master event. In this 60-minute webinar, Paul Barnhurst, the founder of the FPNA guy, will dive into the key metrics every financial controller and FPNA professional should master, focusing on the formulas behind the numbers and the reason behind implementing their tracking in the first place. The webinar will take place on October 19th, starting from 12 p.m. EST. No matter what type of company or organization you work for, you won't want to miss this event. So find the link in the episode resources or head over to bebold.com forward slash webinar hyphen subscription to register. Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is Adnan Muggle. Adnan is the Chief Financial Officer at Cherry Coatings, the largest commercial-focused industrial services company based in the U.S., leading all its functions from accounting, finance, human resources, information technology, and business transformation to optimize profitable growth and company valuation. Mr. Muggle is also an operating advisor of Percheron Capital, focused on Percheron's residential services and market strategy. Mr. Muggle helps identify, evaluate, and due diligence potential partnership opportunities and collaborates with management teams of their partner companies to help scale their businesses, including helping define the value creation strategy, assemble the necessary talent and resources for accelerated growth, and execute operational improvements. Prior to Percheron and Cherry Coatings, Mr. Muggle was the Chief Financial Officer of Service Experts, a private equity-backed HVAC business with 95-plus centers and over 4,000 employees. At Service Experts, Mr. Muggle was a member of the senior management team that planned and executed a growth strategy focused on organic growth, margin expansion, greenfield expansion, and acquisitions. During his tenure with Service Experts, the company successfully closed and integrated over a dozen add-on acquisitions while organically expanding services offerings across North America. Prior to Service Experts, Mr. Muggle was Vice President Finance at Brightview, a private equity-backed landscaping business that he assisted take public in 2018. Prior to Brightview, Mr. Muggle held senior leadership roles at a variety of residential services and infrastructure businesses, including Sun Edison, General Dynamics, and General Electric. Mr. Muggle received a Bachelor of Science in Business Management from North Carolina State University, an MBA from Texas A&M University, and an executive education from Harvard Business School. Anand, thank you so much for being on today's episode. Thank you. Thank you for the invite and thank you for having me on this. It's it's a great opportunity and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, it's an honor. Today, we're going to be discussing your career journey and the insights you've gathered along the way, specifically regarding the role of a CFO. And I'm looking forward to hearing your story and learning from you. So let's get started. Great. First, let's start with your story and and how it is that you got to where you are today. 
Uh, that's 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 a good question. So uh, I guess for that, I'll I'll go way way back. Uh, I come from a family of business oriented people. So growing up, uh, never thought that I would go work for anybody. I always had this plan that I will have my own business, and uh, that's how I was wired. And uh, I made my plans. I had a structure in place, and uh, and I even started venturing towards uh, towards it while I was in college. I wanted to open or start a chain of eye care centers. Um, then after that, I decided to go to grad school. And this, when I graduated, this was the time when the dot-com bubble had burst. So I had to, it wasn't the best time, needless to say, uh, to start a business. So I ventured into uh, looking for an opportunity and uh, ended up joining uh, one of remote facilities for General Dynamics out in Western North Carolina. Uh, I guess right place, right time, moved up quite a few times. Then, uh, Then eventually, through different various companies, roles, opportunities, uh, kept on moving up, uh, challenged quite a few times, learned quite a few things along the way, uh, some the hard way, <laughs> and uh, very fortunate to be in a position where I'm leading a team. Uh, I'm being inspired every day by my own team members, and hopefully I'm doing the same for them as well. So as you look back on your career, are there moments or stories you can point to as turning points? Uh, one, one of the big ones for me that stands out uh, is when I decided to leave General Dynamics and join General Electric. I had a pretty amazing run at General Dynamics where um, the seven years that I was with them, I think I got promoted five or six times. Um, and I was overseeing close to a half a billion dollar PL. But I wanted to join a company that truly invested in their employees and focused on developing them as leaders. And uh, at that time in, in the mid 2000s, early 2000s, the G had a very, very strong name in terms of developing people. So I knew about this leadership program and, and I wanted to be part of that. And so I decided to uh, leave General Dynamics where uh, a lot of people were surprised. A lot of people were actually shocked that, what are you trying to do? Uh, I was one of their youngest uh, directors of finance, but I, 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 wanted to, I wanted the opportunity to invest in myself. So I, I made a change and, and I'm so, so glad that I did because it was the perfect platform for, for me to develop myself and truly learn uh, you could say the basic fundamentals of being a business leader, not just a finance leader, but a business leader. And that pretty much then going through a leadership program, one of the most pre- prestigious leadership program called uh, Executive Financial Leadership Program. And that set up an amazing platform for me to then experience live projects, take courses in Ivy League schools. And it opens up, it opened a lot of doors for me, not only within the company and then after me moving on to other opportunities. I've heard so many stories about that leadership program at GE. It sounds like it must have been an amazing experience. Absolutely. It's GE is or was, um, hopefully it still is, uh, was one of the places where people truly would go into work with the mindset that they are going to make impossible possible today. And 
and you're surrounded with people who have uh, a similar focus and when you and when you're surrounded with very smart people you have to uh, you have to push yourself beyond your limits and then get to create new limits for yourself and in that environment you you learn a lot and uh, so that was and then especially being highlighted or being uh, uh, recognized to be in a leadership program, uh, that's one of the biggest, uh, I should say, motivations within the company to to do even more or better. And you mentioned having moved up moved up the ranks quite quickly. So what what is it that you credit for being able to do that? Uh, there are number of um, apart from I would say being right place, right time. Then I guess a little bit of hard. It's got to be way more than that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I would I would say that um, it's the basic fundamentals. I think one of the key things for me again was uh, growing up in a household of business or or being part of a business oriented environment right from the beginning, and then after that, every business that I've been part of, I've treated it as if it's my own work, my own mm-hmm. business. And so I take it seriously the same way if it's managing cost, I would view it just like as if I'm managing my own cost at my house and doing a budget at my house, I would manage the business cost with the same uh, rigor. And uh, so that was, that's one part of it. And then it's also something that I have learned uh, from one of the leaders at GE, uh, my mentor, her name is Tandy Carson. Uh, she told me, surround yourself with smart people. Surround yourself with people who know more than you. So uh, that is a trait that I've taken with me in any role that I go to, that I spend the time in finding the right people uh, to help the company move forward and be successful. And uh, if you're able to bring the right people on the team, then my job is to just get out of their way. So let's talk about that for just a minute. So people, uh, today, the staffing situation is, it seems to be at the top of everybody's mind. So how is it that you are continuing to find the right people? And how do you make sure that you're retaining those people once you've found them? Uh, People, it is certainly a challenge and it's a huge challenge, Uh, from from my regard, it's I take the time to find the people. Majority of the people that I'm currently working with are the people that I've been working with for the last 10, 10 years or somewhere along the process. And I stay in touch with them, even if I've changed roles or if they've changed roles. And when I find the right opportunity, I uh, stay connected with them, either through LinkedIn or personal email and keep a pulse on how their careers are going. And if if uh, and trying to find opportunities, how we can cross paths again. Uh, but along the way, it's also while you're working with them, treat them the way you would like to be treated, and 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 creating that positive environment for them. Challenge them, challenge them so that it's an environment where they learn. And along the process, you also learn as well. Get to learn about their personal side. It's extremely important to to invest the time and learning about your team, because if you don't, then somebody else will come and scoop them up. It's not always about, hey, am I getting the the right kind of salary or compensation package? Sometimes there's a balance of, 
is the working environment healthy for me or not? And uh, how you protect them, shield them, and providing the environment where they can excel is extremely important. So I guess I, I must have done something right that they still like to come work for me. And yeah. uh, so, so far things have been progressing well, but uh, don't get me wrong, there's still challenges. There's still roles that I'm still trying to fill and uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, that speaks volumes when people are willing to follow you throughout your career. So when you look back, when you were first starting off as a CFO, what was one or maybe a couple things that you found to be more challenging than maybe you expected? Uh, They were, um, I would say, the balance between your internal customer, your external customer, um, maintaining that balance, I would say that was something tough or tougher than what I thought it to be. Everybody has this imagination that as you continue to move up, the it, senior people, they only delegate and uh, they're not doing a whole lot. And it's just making decisions and everybody else is the one who's working hard. Uh, it is so opposite of that, uh, or at least that's how I've experienced. So um, maintaining that balance, when I say internal, external customers, whether your external customer are banks or auditors or your private equity sponsors or people above you, and internal as in either it's working with operations, working with sales, or to a certain degree, your own team, how you continue to maintain that balance. That's, that's a challenge that I've seen uh, because all of them are wanting things in a different way. And uh, so it, how you continue to maintain that equilibrium is, is very important. Another one that I would highlight is, again, goes back to people. Everything starts and ends with people. If you don't have the right uh, team members or quality people as part of your team, it's uh, it's going to be a pretty significant challenge. So if, if you do feel that at some point that you have a team member who's not the right fit, who's not the, the right cultural fit, I should say, then uh, either try to correct that as quickly as possible or maybe find somebody else. That's great advice. So... You've been in the role of CFO for a while. How have you seen the role evolve, let's say, maybe in the last decade or so? So uh, I would classify it. um, I've viewed my role uh, always in a way that I'm a business leader who happens to have a focus in finance. And my role is to influence operations to deliver positive financials. And so what that means is anything uh, anything and everything that is in between to deliver positive financials, I have a role to play in that. So if I have, if there are execution gaps in operations, let's go work with operations to find out where the pressure points are. What can we do as finance to help them make better decisions? Uh, maybe it's some analytical support that we can provide. Uh, also highlight the fact that if we're seeing trends, how we can equip them with information that would make them more efficient. Um, again, if it's if there are pressures from a sales perspective, let's do some analysis around, hey, how can we bring on more salespeople to drive more volume in a specific area where we've seen success in the past? Our convertibility rate has been higher. So um, 
So it's all about, and even from managing costs, um, hiring, firing people, uh, working with HR, anything and everything. So it's more of a uh, CFO slash COO type environment uh, that I've always operated in. And that's how I was trained from companies like General Dynamics and General Electric. Mm -hmm. And that's what I try to execute on. So those I've seen that to be a successful trait for me. And and I've seen this transition, people uh, coming from just reviewing, seeing spreadsheets and only focused from an accounting perspective, transitioning over to more operational finance type roles. So uh, that's what I would say that I've seen uh, the transition from a traditional accounting focused CFOs uh, into more operational finance uh, CFOs. So it it seems so important these days for CFOs to get closer to operations. How would you recommend maybe the new a new CFO goes about developing a relationship or getting themselves more familiar or closer? To operations, um, it's it's I would say it's extremely extremely important um, for them to establish that relation um, and come across as if you're their partner and you're here to help. Uh, because if we have that strong lack of a better word, like attitude about, hey, I'm a senior finance leader, you will do as I tell you. That's not going to go far at all. So you have to come across that I'm here to help. We're in this together and we'll figure out a solution and we'll together execute on that. If something doesn't go right, then both of us are going to be held accountable. But at the same time, we will find a solution and work on it together. So you have to understand their pressure points. And if you don't, then there's always going to be some degree of friction. And friction is not a good environment to have or culture to create within an organization where you're trying to move forward, deliver positive financials, uh, it becomes a challenge. So that's what I would say, spend the time, learn the business, learn the business, reach out to operations people and say that, hey, I, I want to learn. And the more you help me, I'll be in a better position to then turn around and help, and help you. I'm just curious, when you did your... Um... The leadership program at GE was was part of that program to go through operations in some way or another. Absolutely, it was. GE was all about. Um, all GE was all about that we are developing business leaders, and uh, some people may have different focuses, but for but the primary thing was we're developing business leaders. Some may have a focus in finance. Some may have a focus on the IT side. Some may have a focus on the sales side. But eventually, all of all of the people who are being developed are being developed as business leaders. So if you pull yourself out of one particular focus, you should be able to understand and lead a team of specialized individual in a different environment as well. Because the business, from a business perspective, fundamentals are the same. And sometimes we say in finance, the fundamentals are the same. Same thing applies on the business side. So that was something that GE focused heavily on. And it was quite common for finance people to transition over to operations. Within GE, in many divisional roles, uh, I've seen that 
finance people becoming from CFO roles in divisional CFO role to divisional CEO, CEO roles, or um, also being part of a sales team on the commercial side as well. So I've seen a spectrum of people uh, even outside of General Electric who were trained by GE and doing roles that were that are outside of finance. So I've viewed myself to be uh, one of those business leaders who just, for now, it happens to be a focus in finance, but uh, but but I always tend to view and put myself in operations position that if they are facing these challenges, what would I do? And again, I'm just curious, but did you like once you were once you were done with that program, did you take anything away from it? I mean, do you I'm I'm sure you did, but do you put your own people today through a similar rotational program or or what lessons did you learn from that that you continue to implement today for your own people? So uh, one of the things that I've learned was um, people are the most important asset that you have. And um, so helping them um, in terms of their career aspiration, giving them opportunity to understand what other opportunities that they have uh, just around like the corner or within the organization is extremely important. Um, but at the at the same time, set the goals, set uh, targets for them, challenge them to do more than what they've done in the past, but do it in a way that there's some degree of balance as well, especially in this day and age. Uh, work-life balance, uh, extremely important. In the past, we used to talk about it, but now uh, uh, people are focused on trying to somehow have that as part of the... Uh, as part of their expectation. So how you help them create that kind of environment. But again, it goes back to the people aspect. Am I able to uh, replicate what GE was doing? GE, of course, was a huge organization. They had the resources to develop people in that fashion. Mm-hmm. What I tend to do now is the target opportunities that we can, if there's some uh, specialized leadership courses in our close by educational institute, or even anything that is online, I strongly encourage my team members, the more education that you can that you can get, the better it will be for your own personal development. And it's always going to help you, if not right away, but in the long run. So that's what I try to instill in my team. And they're doing the same with their own team members. Um, so that was something that I would say that I certainly learned uh, coming out of that program that education always out networking is, is extremely important and the more you network i think it also helps you build the confidence to be able to have the interaction with different team members and learn from what they're doing in their own roles so as you look back um on your career are there mistakes that you've seen other people make or maybe that you've made yourself that you'd like to help other cfos avoid uh, that's that's a good that's a good one. Um, so from a perspective of um, I've made I've I've made many mistakes in my career, first of all. And uh, but I would also classify them as opportunities for me to learn mm-hmm. uh, opportunities for me to then reflect on and see that I don't repeat them again. I've made mistakes about um, timing of 
from a strategy perspective that I missed, uh, completely missed out on, on a potential risk that is popping up. I've made mistakes like hiring the wrong people. I've made mistakes like uh, taking on a role at the wrong time. And, uh, but then uh, feeling that, hey, I'm under pressure, but I've learned the most out of those roles. Uh, it's it's all about converting the the you could say the mistake that you think and converting it into an opportunity. Um, if you feel that you've made a mistake, put your head down, focus on the role, and prove yourself wrong. If you truly believe you made a mistake, prove yourself wrong by overcoming that. And when you come out of it, you're going to be way stronger than where you were when you started that role. And those, uh, and I've made some of those mistakes, and I'm I'm better because of uh, those mistakes. Yeah, that's some great advice. Mistakes, I mean, they're inevitable. We are only human, but it's what you what Absolutely. you do with the learnings after those mistakes that's so so important. Absolutely. So, as you look back on your career, do you ever regret not going into opening your own business, or is there something you would have done differently along the way? Uh, yeah, no. There, um, as as I'm getting older, uh, yes, I do think about it. I think about it a lot. That hey, I could have, uh, um, I could have started the chain of eye care center, and I would have been my own boss. And again, those were some plans. I even like uh, I, w- I used to work at Lenscrafters while I was in college, just so that I could learn the trade and be able to apply that when I started my own work. Um, but uh, but you know sometimes we make our plans and uh, they don't pan out the way we want to. Uh, also, in my case, it was that I finished grad school, I got married, I had to worry worry about paying bills, so I ended up. Uh, taking a role with General Dynamics and starting a business at that time was not the best idea. And you get dependent on a paycheck yeah. and you just don't want to take that risk. And then your plan sits there in the corner collecting dust. Uh, yes, there are times when I think about it, but then I, I think about what I have achieved, what I've accomplished. I'm not sure if I would have been able to do it if I had started my own work. I'm not trying to discourage anybody and not thinking about starting their own work, they absolutely should and consider that whatever makes them feel more comfortable in the space that they're in and they have a passion about it, please do so, experiment and try it out. Uh, but in in my case, um, I then eventually got comfortable with, with the role that I was in and I decided to work hard, the, the hardest that I can to do the best that I can in, in that time and that opened more and more opportunities for me. I never thought that I would get to a position where I'd be a CFO for a billion-dollar organization or so on and so forth. But I, I feel one of the fortunate ones, and I feel that, uh, that I just am blessed with so many things around me. I'm blessed uh, with uh, my family, my kids, my parents. I'm in a happy space. And sometimes you just think about that if I would have done this, the, the, the reality could have been different. But currently, I'm happy where I am. And, and I'm glad that I chose this route. Yeah, I, I love also what you said about, I mean, you had, a, you had a passion about maybe running your own business someday, but you took that passion and applied it to your, your 
corporate world. Um, like, like you ran that business. So I'm sure that's helped you greatly throughout your career. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I, like I said, in the beginning, I guess, right place, right time, a little bit of hard work. Um, and, um, uh, it, it, it certainly did help me. And so let's talk about your work environment right now. Are there any tools or apps or technologies that are helping you that you'd like to highlight or maybe you feel like they're making your life easier and they could be making someone else's life easier as well? There, there are all sorts of tools and I, and I'm not, I don't want to name names by like, I'm not trying to be their sponsors or yeah. have, not being paid to mention any particular tool, but yeah. there are tons of tools out there, but I would say the biggest tool out of all of them is again, going back to having the right kind of people, having the right kind of people as part of your team, I would say by far is the best tool that you can have. Of course, even being in finance or business, Apart from having tools, a lot of times, fortunately, unfortunately, we still refer back to Excel in so many different ways to do to conduct our analysis. That is always going to be there, uh, but it's it's having the reference point in terms of how your actuals are coming in, comparing with your prior year, comparing with your budget, and then establishing the forecast. Those are some traditional mechanisms which have worked really, really well. But then establishing scenarios, depending on what kind of risks that you're evaluating or seeing in the business, having scenarios in place and mitigation plans uh, and also plans that uh, would that you can trigger based on if you are in a in a position where you have to start looking at cost or if you're in a position to bring on more salespeople, you should always have your plan B, C, D in place. And I love what you said about people, because oftentimes the focus is so heavily on technology and automation, and someday there's going to be no need for people. But I think at the end of the day, it still comes down to creating you know, strong, talented teams that perform exceptionally well. So I agree. People are important. And in times like these, when they're in such short supply, um, I think it's just highlighted. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you may call me like, you know, traditional or old school, and I very well may be one of those people, but um, I see tremendous value. Um, and uh, again, having the right kind of skill sets around you makes a huge, huge difference. And they make you a better leader. And you, so that is also something important that it's not that you have, you're surrounded with people who only follow your direction. You need to have people who will challenge you as well. Yeah. And, and uh, this way you are cultivating that environment that they can freely express uh, what they're seeing as opportunities and risks. Yeah. And maybe not just people who are like, you know, yes, people, but also complement your weaknesses, which some people don't want to admit they have weaknesses, but we all do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and you've had a very successful career. So what would you say to someone who's, you know, maybe just starting their career or a few years into their career that's wanting to reach the role of CFO? So I, I would say that um, 
having the passion of what you're doing is extremely important. You need to absolutely love uh, what you're doing and are willing to make it a big portion of your life. If you have that fire in you and if you have that passion that I want to excel, then uh, spend the time, learn about what other leaders have done in the past. One one of the great things uh, for me that has helped, and I'm not saying that's the only thing, one of the things that I, uh, early in my career, especially right when I was joining GE or after joining GE, I used to watch some of Jack Welch's uh, videos on YouTube. And I would try to learn, gauge in different scenarios, different environments, how he was making decisions and how he would uh, encourage team members, uh, how he would uh, try to challenge team members to do better than what they've done in the past. So that was something that I used to get gravitated towards, trying to understand leadership skills from proven leaders um, and then try to apply your own flavor or mix to it. You don't have to do exactly what they're telling you, but try to understand what their focus is and implement it, execute it with your own way of doing things and try to personalize that. But again, you need to have that passion that that's what you want to do. But also it's okay that along the way, if you feel that you want to transition into something else, just follow where your passion is and uh, and you'll be successful. And if your passion is that, hey, one day you want to be a CFO, you'll figure out a way to get there. But uh, all I would suggest is um, the way I viewed it from a CFO perspective was when I was graduating from college, uh, I felt, or in my mind, it was more like I have now bought myself a toolbox, which is empty. And now throughout the career, as you're doing different roles, you're gathering uh, different kind of tools. And some are good quality tools, some are not, but you're putting all the tools in that toolbox. And then eventually you'll come to a point where you will say that, hey, you know what? I've gathered all the tools to now be an enterprise level CFO. So all the roles that you do as in controllership, FP&A, internal audit or treasury, uh, those are all the tools that you have been gathering. And so you just need to make sure you're gathering the right kind of tool and the right quality tool over a period of time for you to be in that CFO role. That's great advice. Yeah. Um, Last question. As a CFO, what, as you look out into the next six months to a year, is your greatest concern? So, uh, well, there there are a number of risks that are uh, certainly out there. There's there's the people risk, like we've already talked about. Then there's risk from uh, there's already a big risk around inflation. Everything is becoming very very expensive, uh, especially in the last couple of years with COVID coming into the picture, and then the fear of uh, a potential recession. So during these times, uh, it's how we navigate through these. Uh, it's it's going to be a little interesting. So I'm spending a lot of time following various economists, reading about um, how uh, our uh, Federal Reserve is evaluating uh, the overall economy. Although those things may be at the macro level, 
but they eventually will come down to impacting your own business as well. So uh, keeping a pulse on uh, what's happening in the macroeconomic environment, also what's happening globally as well. I'm not trying to get into politics, but also what's happening in Europe. Uh, those things also impact you. Uh, so fuel prices, so on and so forth, uh, just to name one. Uh, so keeping a pulse on those, I think, uh, is important. So I see them as potential risks. But like I said, again, people are the biggest piece. It starts with that. It's already a challenge. Uh, the rest of the challenges are going to be there from an operational perspective. Hey, our leaders or sponsors want to see things in a certain way. but those you can figure out how to manage. And as you get to interact with them frequently, you'll understand the ways on how to communicate and how to maintain that balance. But uh, it's these external factors which can make it a little more interesting. Great answer. Adnan, thank you so much for being my guest today. No, I, I appreciate the opportunity. It's a, It was great spending time with you. And uh, and I appreciate uh, the time and uh, and thank you for, again, uh, for letting me share what I have learned and letting me tell you my side of the story. Yeah, I really enjoyed hearing that story and, and all of the resulting insights that have come from your experience. And uh, I wish you all the best to all of our listeners. Please tune in next week. And until then, take care. If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with Personiv. Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades, partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Personiv can do for you by visiting personiv.com. You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Personiv. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out personiv.com. Thanks for listening.